good morning. So I am inspired by Melissa Urban's recent podcast on mind right meditation in which she said that she sat in the middle of the gym um, and did her meditation. So we're saying morning prayer this morning in the middle of a somewhat crowded, a little less crowded since I got here, but cafe in a beautiful little town of East Aurora. It's called the Elm Street Bakery, and like Melissa, I'm not like, I didn't park myself at the order counter, you know, I'm not being purposefully obtrusive, um, but neither am I like hiding in a corner by the restroom either. So let's see how this goes. I'm kind of excited. I've been called to take back my power as a um, Well, gosh, it'd be hard to go through all the descriptors. I've been called to take my, my power in many aspects of my life recently. So this is, um, this is, I think, part of that. So with that being said, um, oh, let me tell you what our readings are for today. Um, we're just going to go ahead and we're going to do it all because yesterday when I tried to split the readings into morning and evening prayer, I ended up not doing evening prayer, and so we all missed out on the gospel reading. So I'm going to, if I'm able to say evening prayer, I still will. However, comma, I'm not going to save any readings for that. So you'll either get them all twice or at worst get them all once, um, which I think is a good thing. We're also going to go ahead and read our reading from Matthew that was for yesterday, today, just so that we don't miss out on that at all. So today we remember Hildegard of Bingen. I'm probably saying that wrong. You guys know I can't pronounce anything. I do try, though. Psalms 61 and 62. 1 Kings 21, 17 through 29. 1 Corinthians 1, 20 through 31. And Matthew 4, 12 through 17. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Parent, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others, those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God. Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our gracious Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth.
O God, be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of your countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide all the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Psalm 61 Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you are my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me abide in your tent forever and find refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So I will always sing praises to your name as I pay my vows day after day. Psalm 62. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you? as you would a leaning wall, a tottering fence. Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in the falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion and set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay to all according to their work. A reading from 1 Kings chapter 21, verses 17 through 29. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Go down to meet King Ahab of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone to take possession. You shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, Have you killed and also taken possession? You shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, dogs will also lick up your blood. Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? He answered, I have found you, 
Because you have sold yourself to do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, I will bring disaster on you. I will consume you and will cut off from Ahab every male, bond or free, in Israel. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like the house of Bashah, son of Ahijah, because you have provoked me to anger and have caused Israel to sin. Also concerning Jezebel, the Lord said, The dog shall eat Jezebel within the bounds of Jezreel. Anyone belonging to Ahab who dies in the city, the dog shall eat. And anyone of his who dies in the open country, the birds of the air will eat. Shall eat. Indeed, there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord, urged on by his wife Jezreel. Jezebel, pardon me. He acted most abominably in going after idols, as the Amorites had done, whom the Lord drove out before the Israelites. When Ahab heard those words, he tore his clothes and put sackcloth over his bare flesh. He fasted, lay in the sackcloth, and went about dejectedly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the disaster in his days, but in his son's days I will bring the disaster on his house. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle B, a song of pilgrimage. Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she's been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path. Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to her way. From the beginning I gained courage from her, therefore I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being I have been stirred to, I have been stirred to seek her, therefore have I gained a good possession. As my reward, the Almighty has given me the gift of language, and with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 20 through 31. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, 
to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle Q, a song of Christ's goodness. Jesus, as a mother, you gather your people to you. You are gentle with us as a mother with her children. Often you weep over our sins and our pride. Tenderly you draw draw us from hatred and judgment. You comfort us in sorrow and bind up our wounds. In sickness you nurse us, and with pure milk you feed us. Jesus, by your dying, we are born to new life. By your anguish and labor, we come forth in joy. Despair turns to hope through your sweet goodness. Through your gentleness, we find comfort in fear. Your warmth gives life to the dead. Your touch makes sinners righteous. Lord Jesus, in your mercy, heal us. In your love and tenderness, remake us. In your compassion, bring grace and forgiveness. For the beauty of heaven, may your love prepare us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. And now we're going to do our really long reading of Matthew. We're going to read Matthew 4 all the way from 1 through 17. Well, maybe it's not really that long. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region, in the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The Gospel of our God. 
by the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Parent Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our God, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the parent, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. In place of suffrages, we're going to use the somewhat longer intercessory prayers for healing. They are found in Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2, on page 33. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. Let's have a time of silence where we lift in our minds those for whom we pray. God the parent, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O God. God the Son, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O God. God the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O God. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O God of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O God of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering. 
granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O God of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O God of life. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O God, is the well of life, and in your light we see light. Hear us, O God of life. Heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. O God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Parent, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. some special prayers for those on our list. There are um, prayers for those who are sick found on pages 64 through 70 of Emerging Our Worship Volume 2. So we're going to pray some of those. I am going to use some names from people who have said that that's okay. Heavenly Father, stay beside your child Andrew through this day. Take away his pain. Keep him safe. Help him in his fear. Make his body strong again and his heart glad. Thank you for your love which surrounds him always. Amen. Blessed Jesus, living water, solid rock. Hold your beloved. Loose the fetters of sickness, break their yoke of pain, and from this land of affliction lead them home. Amen. Merciful God, whose son Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus, look with compassion on all who are bound by sorrow and pain through the death of our loved ones. Comfort us, grant us the conviction that all things work together for good to those who love you and help us to find sure trust and confidence in your resurrection power. Through Jesus Christ, our Deliverer. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh, you overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to your parent. Grant, Cheka, we, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend her, to guard her going out and coming in, and to bring her safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt your beloved, the anxieties that perplex them. 
the despair that frightens them, and their frustration at their inability to think clearly. Help them to discover your forgiveness in their memories and know your peace in their distress. Touch them, O Lord, and fill them with your light and your hope. Amen. Strengthen your beloveds, O God, to go where we have to go and bear what we have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, we may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to your beloved. And by your justice, lift us up, that in the body you have given us, we may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Gracious Christ, you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do. As we go through the trials of life, Help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things, that we have no secrets from you, and that your loving grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray. Amen. God, your loving kindness never fails, and your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for giving your beloved relief from pain and hope of health renewed. Continue the good work begun in her that increasing daily in wholeness and strength, she may rejoice in your goodness and so order her life always to think and do that which pleases you. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Loving God, inspired by your Holy Spirit, those who are afraid of losing hope, especially your beloved for whom we now pray, give them a fresh vision of your love, that they may find again what they fear they have lost. Grant them your powerful deliverance, through the one who makes all things new, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Giver of all grace, we pray your peace, which passes all understanding, for those who are developmentally disabled or in other ways differently abled. Grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored, and their difficulties understood, that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. There are a few additional prayers for caregivers and others in support of the sick, um, starting on page 93. Lover of souls, we bless your holy name for all who are called to mediate your grace to those who are sick or infirm. Sustain them by your Holy Spirit, that they may bring your loving kindness to those in pain, fear, and confusion. That in bearing one another's burdens, they may follow the example of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, surround mothers and fathers with your compassion 
as they live with their children in sickness. Help them to accept the limits of what they can do, that feelings of helplessness and frustration and anger may be transformed in serene acceptance and joyful hope in you. Let them remember the grief and love of Jesus over the afflictions of his friends, knowing that God too weeps. Bring them gladness and strength and love in their service. Through Christ our companion. Amen. There are also some really good prayers in um, the Book of Common Prayer. So if, if you ever find yourself unable to find the words, um, I think these are helpful. O oh, blessed God, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. O God, from whom, by whom the meek are guided in judgment, and light riseth up in darkness for the godly, grant us in all our doubts and uncertainties the grace to ask what thou wouldst have us do, that the spirit of wisdom may save us from all false choices, and that in thy light we may see light, and in thy straight path may not stumble. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the author of peace and the lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm going to use as the prayer for mission, the one that I have often, the prayer of St. Francis. And I'm also going to use this one. It's on page 101 in the Book of Common Prayer. Gracious Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. And now is the time where I usually share a few thoughts on the scriptures, so I'm going to do that. So, our, 
listen, so you guys know, I'm, I've been through a lot of personal stuff in my life, as have most of us. I feel like a lot of times the easy times are just the rest in between the hard times. And that's okay, because God is with us in all of the times. And there is beauty and joy even in the hard times, and I'm finding beauty and joy even in my hard time. But I just kind of want to throw it out there that my reading of the scriptures today is very personal. I believe that that's translatable to all people um, in similar circumstances or in similar places, um, or maybe just all people, period. Um, however, understand that I'm speaking from my current context. And to put it as simply as I can, my current context is that I, I believe wholeheartedly and strongly that I am called to stand up against injustice in a situation that touched others around me and is now touching me personally. And there has been a lot of backlash from my standing up. And where I could use your prayers is for me to be clear and kind, strong and compassionate. That I may have a voice that is not strident or harsh or ugly, but a voice that speaks truth in a well-modulated tone, metaphorically speaking. And that I may receive, give, receive and give clarity. Okay, so all of that being said, and thank you for your prayers. And I, oh, prayers of protection would be good too, because, you know, as with, as with anything, um, when you're going against a deeply embedded, unhealthy culture, the system wants to preserve itself, right? And so, like, all we'll get to this too in the gospel, but all of the fear is coming out. So help me to not be afraid that God will provide for me and for my son through this. So this is a great opportunity for me to really practice living from that place of faith and love that I have chosen with intentionality and to overcome some old wounds. I mean, not all of you guys may know this, but my son and I were homeless for a period of time I think it was about six months when he was just over two um, and it was scary and and then as with everybody in this life I have made some mistakes or as my wonderful therapist would say lessons right she says there are no mistakes only lessons and so I spent a large portion of, of my life in fear and perceived scarcity and I'm not going to do that anymore, but it is not easy. And man, is the enemy and the counter-inspire and the system coming against me in this. But I have faith, and I appreciate your prayers and your well wishes and your sending out of good juju and light. Um, even those of you that I don't know, and I've, I've reached out to at least one person that I only know through Instagram, and um, she was kind and gracious, and so I am thankful for the comfort that the universe is sending me, even when I don't maybe have the tangible local support that I should. So thank you all very much for that. I'm sorry for spending so much time on myself. As we look at our Psalms, these are Psalms about God hearing us and seeing us to me, and we, we along with the psalmist, are crying out to God, and we have faith that God hears us, that God sees us, that God has entered into, that we have entered into is probably the better way to say it, cooperation with God. And 
I can surely identify with the psalmist who feels battered like a leaning wall or a tottering fence, like he's just being bludgeoned until he falls. And so I, I vow this, knowing that God hears it. I am rooted in faith and love, and I know that those roots go deeper and stronger than any human construct. And so with God as my help, I will not fall. Now, it doesn't mean that everything is going to turn out in this particular instance exactly like I think it is. But I do have faith that it will not just be okay. God's justice will be done in the end. And if I can't see it yet, it means it's not the end. And maybe that means I don't see it until I get to heaven, but I have to take each step in faith and love that God can and will. For as our psalmist says, God alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is in God. I trust in God at all times, even in this time. I pour out my heart before him. God is my refuge for all of these human systemic structures, both physical and non-physical, or a delusion. I put no confidence in extortion. I've been under a lot of pressure to shut up and go along to get along. And I got to a place where that was just in such contradiction to my authentic self. And I've come to realize that authentic self is a synonym for a mortal soul. I could no longer go along. And so I, I'm making a different choice. Not to pressure back, not to threaten, not to lean, but to trust. To trust in God. And I Admittedly, I have a hard time trusting in people and in systems and in processes, so I'm using the professional and official processes that, that are in place, um, but my trust is firmly in God. That's where it is. And I'm not really so sure that that's a wrong thing, right? But yeah. Um, and then our psalmist wraps up, you repay all according to their work, and to me today, Work is equal to fight, warrior work. And I would um, quote our Bible study teacher, Beth Moore, who, let me say this, I don't agree with everything she says, but this is a wise thing, I think, um, that, or has ever. I mean, but who, like, I don't even agree with everything I've ever said. How am I going to agree with any other human? So just, you know, meat and bones, like my other friend would say. Um, we should not fight with people. We should fight for people. And so I believe that the fight, the energy that I'm putting forth for justice, to the best of my ability, doing the best I can in this moment, will be repaid according to my intent and my effort by God. Now, our Old Testament reading. This is like the opposite example. This is somebody who gets repaid in blood by the evil of their work. And so I think that it really is a perfect counterexample to the psalmist. So the psalmist is trusting in God. 
and not in like evil, wicked human ways. Not that all human ways are evil and wicked, but extortion and murder, those are, those are evil. <laughs> and, um, and so King Ahab, he, that's what he did. And not only did his sin affect him and his immediate family, but it also caused Israel to sin. So it affected the whole nation. And I think that we need to remember that when we are people in positions of power and authority, whether that's in our families or in our workplaces or in our social structure, our communities, that when we choose the enemy over God, or instead of God, however you want to put that, it has a ripple effect. And so in the whole situation I've just been describing, what this says to me is, this is what happens when you choose to cooperate with the enemy and the counter-inspire. And that's both Ahab and Jezebel. And I, I, I do not agree with those teachers of scripture that say that, you know, this is all Jezebel's fault and she, you know, there is a Jezebel spirit that drags down the... I, I personally don't agree with that. What I think is here, Jezebel, Ahab, and all who conspired with them chose to cooperate with the enemy and the counter-inspire. And I'm rooting my stance again in faith and love. I choose to cooperate with God. I choose not to cooperate with the enemy and the counter-inspire. Now the piece here that I really don't understand is that the punishment gets transferred, transferred to his son. Um, the only way I can personally make sense of that is to think that it is in the same way that abuse is cyclical. The punishment is visited upon his son because his son has learned these evil ways of doing things from the father and so the son must repent himself. The father's repentance saves the father but the son now has work to do because it's been transferred. Not that God is choosing to let Ahab go free and scapegoating the son. I don't think this is that. I think this is a warning against generational violence and abuse and sin. So when we, I think it's, again, back to it affects more than just us. When we choose God, I believe that impacts our children in a positive way. When we choose the enemy, the counter-inspire, the darkness, however you want to put it, evil, injustice, it affects our children. And, and in many different ways, you know, not just like choosing to murder somebody for their vineyard, but choosing to tell a lie, choosing to renege on a commitment. All of these things, and again, we're not going to be perfect. But in the lesson is grace as well. And we can teach that to our kids too. One of the best things we can teach our kids and our subordinates and our friends and our superiors and all the people around us is what rising strong, as Brene Brown would say, looks like. What not just recovering from a mistake, but learning a lesson looks like. And it's much more powerful than any of the trite sayings that we have about it. All right, so moving on to our New Testament reading. To me, in this moment, in my current context, this is talking about 
God's wisdom being greater than human wisdom, which makes sense since God is all-powerful and all-knowing. I have been given advice and pressure about my situation and and like I said, a lot of it has been going along to get along. Not all of it. I have friends who are very supportive like of, of either way. And like my therapist says, whichever thing I choose, I am resilient and strong and I will get through this. So I have to make the choice that's truest to me, right? Or truest to my understanding of God because God does through the Spirit grant us wisdom. And sometimes it's just feeling our way through our human stuff. One of the things that we do as spiritual directors, and you guys know that I'm hopefully finishing up that program here within the next few months, is we tell the directee to imagine themselves in both or all, if it's more than two, of the decisions that they're considering. And like really like um, envision themselves living out that decision. And I think that that's some of where the wisdom comes from and I agree with um, folks like Glennon Doyle who believe that there is wisdom in the body. I think the wisdom of the Holy Spirit speaks to us through many different means. Um, and I, as I prayed this morning for reassurance, at that moment, a friend of mine sent me an email with a verse that was reassuring. So I think we, we find it like sometimes rather obviously and sometimes we find it in other places, you know, like a, a secular album that was just released had a message too. And, and it is in dwelling with the spirit that we find those, we see those patterns. So to me, this message from Corinthians is that God has bigger and better solutions than our human understanding and reasoning can see. And so we have to listen and follow as best we can and trust in God to guide us that yes, human wisdom and understanding they they can have good things but divine inspiration um, will find us when we seek it I'm sorry if that sounds a little convoluted um, I don't want to sound self-important but I believe that when 95% of the population as Roth says is living from that place of fear and perceived scarcity, a lot of conventional wisdom is going to disagree with decisions made from faith and love. And, and so God help me to be gracious in living from this place of trust and, and not scornful or dismissive, but to be compassionate and kind. Help, help me to get give me clarity and help me to express things clearly and help me to understand that there is wisdom outside of earthly wisdom. Grant me your wisdom, O oh God, and allow me to follow. 
All right, um, closing up with our scripture reading. So one of the pieces of advice that I was given was count the cost, that it's biblical to count the cost of a decision. Um, and that's a tough one because there's cost and then there's potential cost. So I do include, and this is like a, another another spiritual director discernment thing, I, I do include when I'm laying out my pros and cons, if you will, um, potential costs. You guys have heard me talk about my what if so what game where I go ahead and follow the downward spiral about what is the very worst thing that could happen. And a lot of times like it's not um, it's not really reasonable but I go ahead and follow it down so that I can address it. And in this case I, I did that and I found that the spiritual cost of going along to get along was greater than even the potential like exaggerated costs of continuing to stand up and speak my opinion. And we see here where Jesus was dissuade or the the enemy attempted to dissuade Jesus and let's remember Jesus paid the ultimate cost right he felt like it was worth it um, he chose quite literally that hill to die on and where I don't think that I am going to pay the ultimate cost of my life in this circumstance um, I believe that holding true to my spiritual, moral, authentic self is more than money, more than prestige, more than standing. And, and by that I mean like like standing in, in the community. Um, and so God, if I, have, if I have chosen incorrectly, if there is another way, please show me that way. And I will as always, do the best that I can. And that includes being open to another way. In your holy name I pray. Amen. So I choose, as did Jesus, to serve only God. Not fear, not idols, not wealth, but God. Lord, help me to do that well. Amen. So, um, we're going to like close this up here on page 102 of the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in God's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.